What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of one of the most unique filmmakers of all time, Wes Anderson. And I am a massive, massive Wes Anderson fan. Anderson's first film was Bottle Rocket, which was a critical success, but not a financial one. The film launched the careers of the Wilson brothers, Owen and Luke, and made Anderson a filmmaker to watch for. I think what's so interesting about Bottle Rocket, it's his most unique film. Like all of the other movies he's made feels like a Wes Anderson movie. You can watch the movie and immediately realize you are watching a Wes Anderson movie, but Bottle Rocket feels like something completely different. I mean, it features a really good performance from Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson is also excellent in the movie, and James Caan has a really good supporting role in that film. The movie that put Wes Anderson on the map is his second film, which is, of course, Rushmore, which is the film debut of Jason Schwartzman, and this film kind of resurrected the career of Bill Murray. I mean, Bill Murray was a guy who was known for these 80 oddball comedies, Ghostbusters, Stripes, Meatballs, but Rushmore was really his first dramatic work, and before Rushmore, the movies that Bill Murray was a part of were not very good. I mean, he was past his movie star prime, and Rushmore was a resurgence for the actor. I mean, this put Bill Murray back on the map. Bill Murray received a Golden Globe nomination for his role in Rushmore. I mean, now we're used to Murray playing dramatic roles like in Lost in Translation and On the Rocks, but Wes Anderson was really the first director who gave Bill Murray that chance. And now Bill Murray has appeared in 10 Wes Anderson films. The only Wes Anderson movie that Bill Murray was not a part of is Bottle Rocket. Anderson's third film, The Royal Tannenbaums, features Anderson's most star-studded cast to date. The movie stars Gene Hackman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Anderson, and Owen Wilson, Danny Glover, Bill Murray, and Angelica Houston. I absolutely love this movie. I think this movie features the last great performance of Gene Hackman. I love Gene Hackman. I've been watching a lot of Gene Hackman movies recently. I loved him in Get Shorty, The Birdcage, The French Connection, The Conversation, and in Royal Tannenbaums, Wes Anderson really shows a different side of Gene Hackman. This really should have been the last performance Gene Hackman gave on screen. He's amazing in the movie and should have received an Oscar nomination. That's what I think about when I rewatch this movie, The Royal Tannenbaums. So many of these performances should have gotten Oscar nominations. For my money, Gwyneth Paltrow has never been better. Luke Wilson gives an all-time great performance. It's my second favorite Luke Wilson performance, the first one being old school. Ben Stiller is also super impressive in this movie. And Danny Glover has never been better. I also love Owen Wilson in this movie and I also love Bill Murray shows up in this weird role in this movie. I mean if you have not seen the Royal Tannenbaums I think it's the second best film that Wes Anderson has ever made. I'll get to my favorite Wes Anderson movie in a couple of minutes but I absolutely love the Royal Tannenbaums. It's the most Wes Anderson movie that's ever been made. It's so weird. It's so quirky. There's no one who can make a movie like that. It's interesting looking back at Anderson's first free films, there are a lot of people that think those first free movies, Bottle Rocket, 
Rushmore and the Royal Tannenbaums are Wes Anderson's best movies. And all three of those movies, he co-wrote them with Owen Wilson, and they predominantly featured the Wilson brothers. I mean, those first three films, Luke Wilson appeared in all three of those movies. Owen Wilson appeared in two of those movies and wrote all three of them. That Those first three films are really a collaboration between Wes Anderson and the Wilson brothers. And moving forward, Wes would still work with Owen Wilson as an actor, but since he has never co-written another film other than those first three films. I mean, as a writing duo, it's tough to be better than those three films. Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, and The Royal Tannenbaums. Those are all three hit films. I mean, Bottle Rocket was a critical success. Rushmore was a critical and more of a financial success. And then The Royal Tannenbaums was an outright success. A lot of people have seen that movie. It's just interesting that he's never written another film with Owen Wilson. And then you have his fourth film, which is super polarizing. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Starring Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Angelica Houston, and Michael Gambon. This is Wes Anderson's craziest film. I have no idea what this movie is about. I have watched the movie. I don't know what it's going for. It's crazy. It's zany. It's somewhat fun. But it's not top tier Wes Anderson. It's not like those other free films. It's missing a heartbeat. It doesn't quite know what it's about. I think it's about a lot of things. I get it. It's kind of about a filmmaker like Steve Zizou, the character that Bill Murray plays, is like a director who's no longer successful. I think that's interesting. I think the movie is really, really odd, and it's not for everyone. I liked it. I did not love it. And then after that, Anderson made the movie Darjeeling Limited, starring Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, and Adrian Brody, which for me, it's Anderson's best-looking film, and the top three stars have great chemistry, but it's not top-tier Wes Anderson. I mean, those two films, The Life Aquatic of Steve Zizou and The Darjeeling Limited, are not as good as those first three films. And after those two films, a lot of people began to wonder, have we already seen peak Wes Anderson? And then something happened. He made this little animated movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is my absolute favorite Wes Anderson movie. I was a kid when this came out. It is the first Wes Anderson movie I ever saw. It's one of my top five animated movies of all time. I put it right up there with Toy Story, The Lion King as animated classics. I mean, this movie stars George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Jason Schwartzman, Willem Dafoe, and Bill Murray. It is an absolute masterpiece in my mind. I mean, I have always loved stop motion animation. Some of the best animated films ever have been stop motion animation. You have The Nightmare Before Christmas. You have Chicken Run. And I would put this movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox, right up there with any of those movies. This is the best Wes Anderson film. This is the best adaptation of a Roald Dahl book ever. Sorry, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but this is a million times better and I love George Clooney playing the Fox. I absolutely love it. This is a guy who's known for playing a lot of guys who commit crimes like in Out of Sight and Ocean's Eleven, so for him to voice this character is perfect. And I also love Meryl Streep in this movie. This movie should have won Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards. That's how good of a movie this is. If you have not seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, I could not recommend it anymore. It's it's Wes Anderson style mixed with stop-motion animation 
nomination. There has never been a better Wes Anderson movie, and I don't think any Wes Anderson movie could ever top this. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of the world of this movie, but I might be. I absolutely adore the movie Fantastic Mr. Fox. And since Fantastic Mr. Fox, Wes Anderson has been on a fantastic run as a filmmaker. You have Moonrise Kingdom starring Jared Gillum, Kara Hayward, Edward Norton, Francis McDormand, and Bruce Willis. The Grand Budapest Hotel starring Ray Fiennes, Tony Revolori, and Sir Ronan, and Isle of Dogs starring Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Bob Balaban, Scarlett Johansson, and Greta Gerwig. First with Moonrise Kingdom, a lot of people do not like this movie, and I don't understand why. I've heard the critique that it's too childish. And while I understand that criticism, it's a movie, and it's a fun movie, it's an emotional movie. Yes, maybe it's not realistic at all, but I absolutely love the movie, and I've said this before on the podcast, I love Edward Norton in this movie. He's so believable as a dopey Boy Scout leader. I mean, Edward Norton has never been funnier in a movie. And then you have what a lot of people think is Wes Anderson's best movie, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and I also think it is a complete and utter masterpiece. I mean, Ray Fiennes has never been better on screen. I loved him as Voldemort. He's been good in a lot of movies. Ray Fiennes should have been nominated for an Oscar for his performance in this movie. Tony Revolori is a revelation in this movie. I mean, this is a guy who's gone on to play Flash in the Spider-Man Tom Holland movies. And Saoirse Ronan does a lot in this movie with little time on screen. I loved her performance in Grand Budapest Hotel. What's amazing about that movie is he got so many famous actors to do bit parts in it. I mean, Lucas Hedges is in that movie. Francis McDormand is in that movie. Bill Murray is in one scene of that movie. Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, Edward Norton. The list goes on and on. Harvey Keitel, F. Murray Abraham. I mean, these are huge names that could all be the lead of any movie they wanted, yet they chose to be a part of a Wes Anderson movie. And there are very few filmmakers like that. And Anderson's next film coming out later this year, The French Dispatch, also has a star-studded cast. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Benicio Del Toro, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Edward Norton, Owen Wilson, Saoirse Ronan, Willem Dafoe, Christoph Waltz, Francis McDormand, Elizabeth Moss, Jeffrey Wright, Alex Mather, Rupert Friend, Liev Schreiber, Jason Schwartzman, and Angelica Houston. Any one of those names could be the lead of a hit television show or a hit movie, yet they decided they wanted to play a small role in a Wes Anderson movie. I think there's only a few other directors that big time actors would do that for. They would do it for a Quentin Tarantino movie. They would do it for a Steven Soderbergh movie. But for the most part, actors want to play big roles in big movies. Yet, instead, these ones are choosing to be a part of a Wes Anderson movie where they might only get a scene or two. I mean, think about the fact that since starring in some of Wes Anderson movies, Bill Murray sometimes plays bit parts. He's not in the Royal Tannenbaums all that much. He's only in one scene in the Grand Budapest Hotel. He's not even really in the Darjeeling Limited except for that first scene. Bill Murray decides to work with Wes Anderson no matter how big the role is. Anderson is also somebody who routinely works with the same actors over and over again. I think the three biggest Wes Anderson collaborators are Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, and Jason Schwartzman. One of those three, if not all three, are going to appear in every single Wes Anderson movie. I mean, those 
those are the big names. He started the careers of Owen and Jason, and he resurrected the career of Bill Murray. He has had the biggest impact on those free careers. I think you could also make the argument he's gotten the best performances out of those free names. I mean, Jason Schwartzman is good in other things, but in a Wes Anderson movie, he just fits. I loved him in Fantastic Mr. Fox. He's, of course, delightful in Rushmore. And with Owen Wilson, I mean, Owen has never been better than in Bottle Rocket and the Royal Tannenbaums. And I am one of the biggest Owen Wilson fans out there. I even like you, me, and Dupree. But I can admit that Owen Wilson gives better performances in Wes Anderson movies than he does in most other films. And for me personally, it's not a Wes Anderson movie unless it features Bill Murray. I mean, he's been in 10 Wes Anderson films. Like I said, the only one he wasn't in was the first one, Bottle Rocket. Murray's two biggest roles in Anderson's films are in Rushmore and The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. I think Steve Zizou is his only lead role in a Wes Anderson movie. I mean, in Rushmore, it's a supporting performance. In all the other movies, it's supporting. He is the lead of The Life Aquatic. And I think it's a really good performance. I mean, nobody gets the best out of Bill Murray like Wes Anderson. I mean, you could argue Sofia Coppola. You could argue Jim Jarmusch. But I love seeing Bill Murray show up in a Wes Anderson movie. Anderson's other frequent collaborators include Adrian Brody, who I think is really good in the Darjeeling Limited, Willem Dafoe, who's great in Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, Jeff Goldblum, who I really like when he shows up in a Wes Anderson movie. Jeff Goldblum just looks like he was born to be in a Wes Anderson movie. Angelica Houston, who is great in the Royal Tannenbaums, Tilda Swinton, who shows up in some Wes Anderson movies. I mean, she's usually playing bit parts, but she's in a lot of them recently. And Edward Norton. I like that collaboration between Wes Anderson and Edward Norton, and I hope they continue to work with one another. I think the thing I like most about Wes Anderson is seeing how a movie star is going to react being in a Wes Anderson movie, because Anderson has gotten some of the most unique performances from well-known movie stars. Like I said, Owen Wilson and Bottle Rocket, there has never been another Owen Wilson performance like the one he gave in Bottle Rocket. Bill Murray and Rushmore. Bill Murray has never played that type of character again. You also have Gene Hackman in the Royal Tannenbaums. Hackman has never been funnier than he is in that movie. I think Gene Hackman is really funny in Get Shorty in the Birdcage, but I think he is at his absolute funniest in Wes Anderson's The Royal Tannenbaums. Luke Wilson and Gwyneth Paltrow, I mean, those two have never been better than in The Royal Tannenbaums, especially Luke Wilson. I love Luke Wilson. He's great in old school, but he has never even been half as good in another movie than he is in The Royal Tannenbaums. I really hope someday Luke Wilson works with Wes Anderson again because I really want Luke Wilson's career to get back on track. I think he's a really charismatic movie star who's been in a lot of bad movies. Just watch My Super Ex-Girlfriend. It is a terrible piece of trash. I want Luke Wilson to be in good movies. He used to be in really good movies. He used to be in Wes Anderson movies. Luke, go back to being in Wes Anderson movies. And Paltrow in the Royal Tannenbaum should have won her second Oscar. I love her in the movie Shakespeare in Love, but I think she gives a better performance in this Wes Anderson film, The Royal Tannenbaums. The other movie I think Gwyneth Paltrow is vastly underrated for is Two Lovers, that James Gray movie. I mean, a lot of people have forgotten that Gwyneth Paltrow used to be a powerhouse actress. 
Christmas. George Clooney and Fantastic Mr. Fox, that might be my favorite voice performance of all time in an animated film. I love when he swears and instead of saying the word he says cuss. And the last one is Ray Fiennes in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ray Fiennes has never been better than in that movie. Absolutely should have been nominated for an Oscar for that performance. I mean, Fiennes just ups his game when he works with great directors. He's also brilliant in the Coen Brothers film Hail Caesar. That's what's great about Wes Anderson. You want him to work with every great actor out there because you want to see what it would be like for them to be in one of his movies. And because you have this history of him working with these gigantic actors, I would love to see Robert De Niro in a Wes Anderson movie. I think he would get a really good performance out of him. I would love to see Al Pacino in a Wes Anderson movie. It'd be great to see someone like Jennifer Lawrence in a Wes Anderson movie. Every actor I love, I want to see them in a Wes Anderson movie. He's that type of director. It's like the same with Quentin Tarantino. You imagine what it would be like if, say, Tom Cruise showed up in a Tarantino movie. The same goes for Wes Anderson. I mean, could you imagine Tom Cruise in a Wes Anderson movie? I couldn't, but I would love to see it. I would love to see if it could work out because for the most part, you don't think that someone like Gene Hackman would work out in a movie or a director like that, and then it ends up being brilliant. I mean, Bruce Willis showed up in the Moonrise Kingdom. Could you ever have imagined Bruce Willis in a Wes Anderson movie before that? That is the fun of a Wes Anderson movie, seeing who is a part of the movie, because so many big names have been a part of these movies. There is a chance he is going to work with every single one of the big name actors out there because they want to work with him. I mean, moving forward for the French Dispatch, I can't wait to see Timothy Chalamet in that movie to see if he fits in that Wes Anderson world. The same thing with Benicio Del Toro. Del Toro is one of my favorite actors. He routinely works with great directors like Denis Villeneuve, Steven Soderbergh. I mean, he's also worked with Guy Ritchie. I mean, seeing Del Toro in a Wes Anderson movie is going to be magnificent. I mean, another great actor I would love to see in a Wes Anderson movie would be Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, DiCaprio has worked with every great director out there. I mean, he's worked with Tarantino. He's worked with Scorsese. He's worked with Ridley Scott. He's worked with Clint Eastwood. He's worked with Sam Mendes. I mean, I would love to see Leonardo DiCaprio in a Wes Anderson movie. And while Anderson is a beloved director, there are some people who are not the biggest fans. I think the biggest criticism of Anderson's career is he sometimes picks style over substance. And I think that is the case for a movie like The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. I just think he wanted to make a movie that looked that weird. I think that's what he was going for. He wanted a movie to look like that. He wanted a movie to be odd like that. I think in that movie, he picked style over substance. I think he did the same thing in the Darjeeling Limited. But I feel like for the most part, his movies have both things. They have great style and they have great plots. I absolutely love most of Wes Anderson's movies. And in my opinion, he has made three outright classics. And they include, in this order, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I absolutely love. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I've said, it is a top five animated movie. Also, The Royal Tannenbaums. This is his best live action movie. Again, the cast is star-studded. Everyone in it is brilliant. There is no movie on this planet that is like it. It is the most unique of the Wes Anderson movies, and I mean that in the absolute best way. And the third and final masterpiece he's made is The Grand Budapest Hotel. Again, I love Ray Fiennes in this movie. 
Tony Revolori, great debut performance from him, and Saoirse Ronan gives a scene-stealing performance. Those are the three films that I love that Wes Anderson has made, and that's not to say that the others aren't very good. I also really like Rushmore. Moonrise Kingdom is great. I just think that Wes Anderson is one of the most unique filmmakers of all time. You have no idea what kind of movie he's going to make next, but when you watch it, you can say to yourself, wow, this feels like a Wes Anderson movie. He has a type of movie, but yet he doesn't have a type of movie. The styles all feel the same, but what they're about and where they take place all feel completely and tonally different. I would put Anderson on that list of the best directors of his generation up there with Quentin Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. I would also put Spike Jones on that list, David Fincher, but somewhere on that list when you're talking about the best directors of this generation, you have to mention the name Wes Anderson. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.